0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. It's a joy to be with you today. Telling the story. How do you tell the story of Jesus? How do you begin to even articulate the story of Jesus? You know, when we when we look to the scriptures and, and we open the Bible, the first of the gospels is Matthew. However, it's it's believed historically that Mark was the first gospel published around 64 AD. And so we have Mark, but Mark's audience, and this is John Mark, uh, the cousin of Peter, the, the dynamic of Mark, he's not writing to Jews. He's not writing to people with a background in Old Testament, the Torah, uh, the understanding of all the Jewish customs and laws. He's writing to non-Jews. He's writing to Gentiles. And so he's he's got his gospel. And as he starts his gospel, it's it's really interesting because he's kind of in a hurry. And as you read the gospel, the 16 chapters of of the Gospel of Mark, you'll find depending on what translation, it would be some synonym of at once, immediately, uh, soon it, it's all about and, and you get this sense that we're Mark's in a hurry He's in a hurry to tell the story of Jesus and he's given us uh, for those college students and high school students When you don't read the book You read the cliff notes and And in some ways I always felt like the gospel of Mark was kind of the cliff notes of, of the gospel and 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 we find that Everything that's in Mark is almost in all the other Gospels. There's very few things that Mark has that's not included in Matthew and Luke, the synoptic Gospels. And so as as we get to Mark and and we we go, it's like he's rushing to the cross. And as you come to chapter 14, as you come into the cross, all of a sudden the, the passion of Christ, that's where he's rushing all his audience to, tell a little bit of the teachings, a lot of the miracles, those kind of things. But then he backs off and he dwells at the cross because he knows that it's the power of the cross that's going to bring the transformation in our hearts and our full reconciliation with Father God. And so as, as, as we look at the Gospel of Mark, it's like amazing. So today I thought I'd preach the whole gospel to you, all 16 chapters. No. I'm just going to go to chapter one. And we're going to look at the first 14 verses in the NIV. <clears throat> the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. That's a good way to start. I'm going to tell the story of Jesus. Let's let's get get it straight. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. I, I love that beginning of, of the Gospel of Mark. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one crying in the, calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins, They were baptized by him in the jordan river john wore clothing made of camels hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locust and wild honey and this was his message after me comes the one more powerful than i the straps of whose sandals i am not worthy to stoop down and untie i baptize you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice from heaven. You are my son whom I love and with you, I'm well pleased at once. Euthus and the Greek at once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan he was with the wild animals and angels attended him after John was put in prison Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God the time has come he said the kingdom of God has come near repent and believe the good news So who is Jesus? Mark comes right out and says, he's the Messiah, he's the Son of God. (coughs) Then we get the testimony of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the Lord's special messenger that goes before the Messiah and prepares the way. And he is preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Wow. So here people are coming and they're coming to John, and they're confessing their sins as they're being baptized in the Jordan River. You'd think that would be pretty good. That's just getting the path open. I think there's been times in my life when I I looked at John's John's ministry, and I thought, man, if, if, if you're going out and you're preaching and people are confessing their sins and you're preaching a baptism for the forgiveness of sins, that's as good as it gets. No. Being forgiven is wonderful. Anybody here been forgiven of a sin or two or a thousand billion zillion? Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. And thank God for for the relief that comes when we confess our sins and He forgives us our sins. And the baptism and almost the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament was all about atoning for sin. It was about paying some kind of price of acknowledging that we've sinned. So we're coming in alignment, Lord, I have sinned, and then receiving uh, forgiveness. And then we go on and we continue to sin. <laughs> the good news of the Gospel, it was the, the baptism of the Lord Jesus, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, the purpose of Jesus' coming is not just to forgive sins. John's ministry was a ministry of baptism for the confession of the forgiveness of sins. That's good. Jesus come to reconcile us to the Father. That's better. <clears throat> Once you know who dad is and you're in right relationship with him, you receive so much more than just the forgiveness of your sins. You've got access to the kingdom, his kingdom. And so we we see this incredible start uh, uh, of John, just as he's given witness and bearing witness to who Jesus is, and as he's preparing the way through the confessing of sins, because we need to get our sins confessed. But that's just the start. Many times in the church and in religion, we think that that's the end. That once we get our, our, our sins forgiven, and we've got our insurance plan, whole life, we're going to heaven. We think that's it. No, that's just the beginning folks. That's just the beginning of this journey of full understanding of who our father is and the magnitude of his kingdom. And so here we have John saying, Jesus, (laughs) he is so far superior to my ministry. And he's so far superior to me that I am not even worthy to untie his sandals. Wow. I've been around some pretty amazing people, but there's hardly any that wouldn't let me untie their shoes. Mm. But that's how John felt. And he's not suffering from low self-esteem. John knows who he is and what his purpose is. This is a statement of the superiority of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus. It's in no way casting a shadow on uh, on John's emotional, mental uh, self-esteem. He knows who he is, but he's making this confession, and then he baptizes Jesus. Like I say, this is the Cliff Notes, folks. Go, Go into the other Gospels and you'll get a little more of what happened. But I'm so impressed that Mark knew how significant it was at the baptism of Jesus to include these details. First, he says, the heaven tore open. The testimony of God at Jesus' the heavens torn open. Do you realize that today we live in an open heaven? You, have you heard that expression? You know that that we have access to the heavenly realms and <laughs> Paul says in Ephesians that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. We're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And it's all because of the baptism of Jesus, that as he was fulfilling all righteousness and John baptized him, the heavens ripped open. They opened up. Jesus functioned under an open heaven with his Father and the Spirit. And we get both of them chiming in here. The heavens rip, the spirit descends like a dove. And the voice from heaven proclaims, this is my son. Mm. This is my son. He belongs to me. He's mine. See, in our reality, anybody can have an accident and get pregnant and have a biological father who holds absolutely no parental responsibility over that child. And that breaks my heart. God says, you belong to me, you're my boy. As you know, my my one and only son and his wife are pregnant and they're going to have a boy and it's quite exciting in our household right now. And we're just thinking, they've tried for three years to have a child. And yet there's many babies that are born whose irresponsibility of their biological parents is, is just astronomically amazing. And now the one that has been wanted has, has been conceived. And so come February 9th, we're, we're plus or minus a few days we're looking forward to baby Francis showing up. So that's going to be fun. So father says, you're my son. I'm your dad. And I love you. A lot of a lot of sons aren't loved. But Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, needed to understand who he was. His identity was wrapped in the fact that he belonged to the father and that the father loved him. And then he goes to and puts the icing on the cake. And with you, I'm well pleased. There's a threefold affirmation. You know who you belong to. You know that you're loved and you know that you bring pleasure. You have father's approval. When you have those three dynamics, every human being, I think, needs to hear that from Father God. You need to know that you belong to Him, that He loves you, and that He's pleased with you. But you say, but but Rick, you don't understand. He can't be pleased with me. You don't know what I did last night. He loves you. And when you turn your face toward Him, He is pleased with you because you turned your face toward him. You turned to him. That's another word for repentance. You repented. We'll get to that in a second. So this is so incredible. The testimony of God at Jesus' baptism, he tore the heavens open. The spirit comes like a dove. The voice says, you're my son. I love you. (laughs) And I'm pleased with you. So proud of you. Well, once again, in Mark, it just happens quick. The Spirit drives him into the wilderness, into the desert. Different words. He was sent by the Spirit. He was driven by the Spirit. He was impelled by the Spirit. He goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted of Satan. Satan with the wild animals and angels." How do you read that? Anybody ever notice the wild animals? I mean, I see the wild animals and I'm at the Wizard of Oz and the lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And I'm just thinking, man, being out there with the wild animals, that does not sound like a good thing. Listen to the way Eugene Peterson translates this in the message translation. Cracks me up. He says, at once the same spirit pushed Jesus into the wild. For 40 wilderness days and nights, he was tested by Satan. Wild animals were his companions. And angels took care of him. Now, I've never really thought of a wild animal being a companion, but I kind of like that. I don't know if, if, if Eugene's just trying to put the emphasis that they were together, or if the Lord of the universe, the one who is active in creation, knows his, his creatures well enough huh, that they, he was never afraid. I was wondering if maybe they were getting belly rubs. If they were, you know, just getting treated like they've never been treated by a, a human being uh, and by the Lord. That's just one of my little Mm -hmm. So it's time and we get to it within the first 14 verses. It's time for the ministry of Jesus to begin. It's been prophesied. The forerunner, the prophet, has prepared the way. Jesus has come. He's been baptized and now he's been in the wilderness. He's gone through 40 days of testing which we read in Matthew and Luke, and we we see all the nature of the temptations, but now it's time. And, And so we just put one of the key moments of when Jesus begins his ministry is correlated to the arrest and imprisonment of John the Baptist. And so Mark adds that, that after John was put in prison, then Jesus began his ministry. So Jesus goes to Galilee and he begins, he begins proclaiming, he begins preaching the good news of God. And this is what he said, the time has come. It's not just, you know, it's 1137 and some of you are saying, yeah, yeah, it's about time for this to wrap up. Uh, That's chronos, that's chronological time. But the kairos is it's the right time. It's the fulfillment. It's the right time. It's the perfect time. It's the moment. It's the exact moment when it's supposed to happen. And so we see the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom is within reach. And Jesus is preaching this everywhere he goes, that the kingdom is near. It's within reach. You've, you just have to grasp it. You just have to receive it. And then he says, repent and believe the good news. Repent, turn your face toward him. Change your thoughts. If your thinking's leading you to activities and behaviors that are not healthy for you and are the kind of things that are leaving a stain on your soul, then it's time to realize it's time to, to do it different. And part of that is just running up the white flag of surrender and saying, Lord, I know I've done this. If you don't intervene, I'll forever be stuck in this pattern. This addiction will have control of my life the rest of my days. But I run up the white flag of surrender and I just say, Lord, you died that I could live freely. And so I run up the white flag and say, Lord, would you come and be my savior? Come and rescue me from where I am. Stop doing it the way that you've been doing it and let the Lord show you a new way. You can't always do that in and of your own strength because uh, some of us have varying levels of willpower. But all it takes is to turn and to say, Lord, help, help me. I'm stuck. So thankful for the baptism, for the forgiveness of sins. But now in my walk, in my journey, in relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I'm stuck and I need to get moving on to the next development of relationship with you. So let your kingdom come The rule of the Lord Jesus, not the rule of my biology within my body, not the rule of economics, not the rule of my natural world, but let the rule of heaven come. Let the rule where you are the authority, let it take place over my life. And so repent and believe the good news. The good news is that God's not angry with you. When he looks at what his son has accomplished, his heart is just filled with love for each and every one. And so he invites you today to continue in your journey, whether you've been walking with him for 50 years or you haven't even taken the first step. Today's a good day to take the next step. If you've been walking with him for several years, but you're stuck, you've, you've come to a place where, you know, is this as good as it gets? No. Emphatic no. Matter of fact, on our very, very, very best day of intimacy with God, we've just begun to scratch the surface of everything that's in his heart, for relationship with us. And so today, let's, let's take that next step. Let's join with telling the good news of Jesus. And let's, let's, first of all, tell ourselves the good news of Jesus before we tell the world. Jesus is love. So it's time to treat yourself with love to look in the mirror and just say, man, you are one loved human being. The father loves you so much. He gave his only begotten son for you. He loves you so much that he's not going to leave you stuck in patterns that are, that are robbing you of energy and life and love. He wants to free and release you. And that's the power and authority of His kingdom and he's given us to administer his kingdom. And so Father, I just pray right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, that everywhere where we are in our journey, we would receive the grace to take the next step. For some that are stuck, Lord, let it just be a wonderful triumphant victory. Uh, For others that are just so wonderfully, just in step with the spirit day by day, let that next step be an exciting one. As we take it with you, as we dance with you, as we become reconciled fully to you through the wonder of Jesus, we say thank you. If there's any here, Father, that have never, never surrendered, I pray from heaven to earth you would release a loving grace that would enable them to be able to step out and say, Jesus, I need you, I need you, forgive me for what I've done. Come into my heart, show me what it's like to be a child who knows he's got a father that he belongs to, that he's loved by, and that he is approved of. And I pray, Father, that there would be a release of that threefold affirmation at the baptism of Jesus upon each one today and that we would now carry the good news. It's the right time. Today is the day of salvation. Let the kingdom of God be manifest in our midst for we ask it in Jesus name. Amen. As you grab your communion elements We have a, a, a wonderful holy fellowship with the Father through this wonderful sacrament that unites us with His Son. Jesus prayed in John 17 that the very love that the Father has for Jesus, the Father has for us. And so, Lord Jesus, we take your body, we take the wafer that represents your body. We say that you're the bread of life and that healing is the children's bread. And so, Father, as we receive this, we say, let healing begin in our bodies and then through our bodies to others. We receive with thanksgiving and we eat in remembrance of you. We acknowledge that the blood of the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God, is the most supreme blood Ever. That one drop of your blood Lord cleanses and purifies to the uttermost. And we celebrate that. And we say, Father, as we receive your blood, we say, let the, the sanctifying, cleansing power of the blood free us and deliver us into the fullness of life that you've died that we might know. So we take and we receive with thanksgiving and we drink in remembrance of you. As the worship team comes, prepare your hearts to just be loved by Father. I don't know how good your imagination is, but whatever is in the childlike part of your heart that's looking to a loving Father and wants to be treasured by that father. If he picks you up and puts you on his lap, if he embraces you with his arms, if he takes you by the hands and have you put your feet on top of his feet and begins to dance with you, whatever is the precious picture that the Holy Spirit gives you of how father wants to pour out his love upon you today, receive that. And as we sing this, just bask in His goodness and His grace. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.